if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two is underway now, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks to Congressman Jim Jordan, who joined us last half hour. Terrific insight there. If you would like to respond or uh, comment on anything that you heard, 216-901-0945, But you're going to have to wait a segment. Because I want to shine a spotlight on somebody right now that I consider to be one of the bravest uh, young women uh, in America because she is willing to go public loudly and proudly and nationally with her condemnation of the Equality Act insofar as that act makes makes it legal and uh, uh, and appropriate for biological males to compete with and potentially harm biological females in women's sports. Her name is Olivia Rondo. She's a college wrestler, a female college wrestler at East Stroudsburg University in Pennsylvania, and she is a machine. She is a repeat national champion in high school, a three-time state champion. She's been dominating women's wrestlers until, of course, here come boys saying that they're girls, wanting to wrestle against girls. Um, it is it is astounding what uh, what support that these people have, and it is incredibly courageous for Olivia to speak out against all of this. Because look at where we are in this country, the divided nation that we are, with cancel culture in full bloom. To step up and say boys or men don't belong in my sport takes guts. And uh, I invited Olivia to come on and tell us a little bit more about her story, and she has agreed to do so. So Olivia Rondeau from East Stroudsburg University in Pennsylvania, thank you for joining us here in Cleveland. Uh, how are you this morning? Thank you so much. I'm really, really happy to talk about this, and I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I uh, I watched uh, your video, the YouTube video that you put together, uh, headlined the same way that the Daily Caller article that I read about you headlined "Men Don't Belong in My Sport." Um, tell me a little bit about your background in wrestling, and then we'll talk about how well women can compete against men in that particular sport. So, like I said, you've been a you've been a a machine in your wrestling career so far. Tell me how it's how it started for you. So I started wrestling when I was a freshman in high school, and of course, many places around the country still don't have a lot of women's combat sports, and that's no different for wrestling. So I was on the boys' team. Um, in my first year, it, I, to be honest, it was really hard. I mean, there is a very, very 
different way that men compete versus women. And you cannot be an honest person and say that men and women compete equally in combat sports or any really, you know, form of athleticism because men are just typically bigger and stronger. Um, fortunately for me, I took a lot of time in the offseason going to national tournaments and such. But the next year, my sophomore year, I actually became pretty dominant um, and went on a pretty good winning streak against the boys. But because of the fact that I was becoming good against the boys, I became fantastic against the female. Then I went on to become a six-time All-American in all-girls tournaments when I couldn't even win a boys' state tournament. So that's the difference here. We're talking about me being among the best women in the country, but I would never be able to compete at a tournament in that level against the best men in the country. It's just not fair. And so when I get to college, I'm on a women's team currently at ESU, and I just feel like um, this new executive order that the Biden administration has put out to allow um, biological males, you know, males who have transitioned into female, into female sports, is very counterproductive. It's basically anti-feminist. I mean, Title IX was to protect women, and now we are just rolling it back for diversity, basically. It is exactly for that, diversity and inclusion. It's all about emotion, and it's all about, you know, acceptance of, of people's lifestyles and people's, you know, psychological conditions or whatever the case might be. Uh, you're, you're exactly right about that. How do you respond to somebody who says, who might say to you, rather, um, this is a little hypocritical. You voluntarily went to wrestle against boys when you got started in this. If you don't think boys should be allowed to wrestle girls, why should you have been allowed to go wrestle boys? Go find a different sport. How do you respond to that? Listen, it was the only choice for me at the time, and I am a huge advocate for girls having their own teams in wrestling. Maryland is currently working to sanction girls' wrestling um, as we speak, so it was definitely not the ideal situation. However, I'm really grateful in some regards I did have that opportunity because it made me stronger to compete against the girls, and it also gave me that insight into you know how men have a physical advantage because, yes, I did win a lot, um, and I am stronger than the average female, not going to lie, but the way I won wasn't really a lot of physically overpowering men. It was a lot of technique, a lot of practice, you know, a lot of athleticism involved. And it's just not typical of women to be able to outmuscle, outrun, you know, just be more athletic than men. It's really not typical. I'm kind of an outlier, and I can recognize that. You are an outlier. I'm looking at a picture of you right now in the Daily Caller article. We're talking with college wrestler Olivia Rondeau, and you're a big girl, and I mean that in a positive way, not as in somebody might suggest somebody who's overweight. You are muscular. <laughs> you, your training regimen must be incredible to have the physique that you do. Yeah, unfortunately, because COVID canceled everything this year, I haven't been able to compete collegiately. Um, I graduated high school in 2019, so this is not me, like, talking about high school like 10 years ago. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my accolades are basically in high school. I'm really excited to compete collegiately, though. But, yeah, right now I'm definitely not in match shape. <laughs> and, and, again, I, I, I want to I kind of say, well, you look like, I don't know when this picture was from then because you certainly look like you're in match shape there. My goodness. Um, and, in fact, I want to I explore that a little further. Olivia, and understand, I'm asking you questions that your critics are going to have for you, not not my, not my own criticisms here, because I'm so 100% supportive of you and your viewpoint here. But some would say, if that girl can be that physically strong and that physically fit in order to challenge the boys and wrestle, as you said, when you started out against boys and that made you so much more dominant against the females, then other females can do the same thing. They can negate 
a male's physical advantage that's natural and biological by just outworking other people the way Olivia Rondo did. How do you respond to that? Sure. I was on the 2017 Olympic development team. I was constantly, throughout high school, I was constantly within the top 10, top five girls in the country. There would be no way that I would be able to win a boys' state championship despite me winning girls' national championships, especially in Maryland. I mean, it's a good wrestling state, a lot of good um, male wrestlers here. It just wasn't going to happen. I did not make it to boys' states. I won girls' states. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just goes to show I could be one of the best women in the country but I'm not going to be the best, beat the best guy in the state, you know? So, Olivia, when you came on, I introduced you as being one of the most courageous young people in America, and I meant that, and here's why. Um, you, you, are, are you politically dialed in? I, I don't know how much you do politics, or, or are you speaking <laughs> out about this issue only because you're a wrestler and you have the, you know, the, the Biden Equality Act idea here? So if, if you are politically active or even just culturally aware, you know what cancel culture is. I, I think you're courageous because you're running the risk. You run afoul of the LGBTQ community by speaking out in any way against transgendered individuals, saying they shouldn't have a right to compete over here against you know women, biological males against. You 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 run a real, real risk there of being canceled and of seeing your personal life, uh, reputation being destroyed, and so on and so forth. Did you consider any of that before speaking out? Listen, I'm not afraid of being canceled. I'm a black woman who voted for Trump and was very public with it. I am the first person that anyone wants to cancel, and they never can. So I really don't care. Wow. Good for you. I I did not know that. I didn't know your political affiliation (laughs) at all. You know, and it shouldn't matter here, really. And and quite frankly, your race shouldn't matter, but it does. I wasn't going to identify you as being a black female, but since you brought it up, it does matter. It probably insulates you a little bit because if you were a white oh, female, sure. yeah, it, it's 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 a little bit different. So, uh, what about your personal life? Do you have any friends who have spoken, you know, and said, you know, hey, Olivia, what the hell are you doing? This is, you know, you're you're nuts. Why would you do this? I mean, do you get any criticism from those people who know you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually came out with another video very similar to the one that the Daily Caller put out about a year ago um, before the Biden administration had released this executive order because it was during Trump administration, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And that video originally um, got sent into my wrestling group chat um, from my school with all my teammates, the graduate assistants, everyone in it. I got so nervous. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get expelled because the person who sent to the group chat, he didn't like me. He's liberal. And then everyone replied, the graduate sister replied, yeah, we agree with you, like, there's a biological difference, you know? It's not transphobic to say it. It's not bigoted to say it. And I have a lot of um, very libertarian, conservative leanings, and I 100% support the right to do whatever you want to your body. You know, once you're 18, you know, go get, go transition, go get that surgery, but you don't have the right to be in female spaces. That's well said. Um, in your video, you talk about estrogen, uh, and you talk about, you know, puberty blockers or testosterone blockers or all of these other drugs that some people can start to take in order to, uh, facilitate their transition. Some say that's enough to level the playing field between women and men or, or boys and girls at the school age level. Um, you don't agree with that, do you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Once that boy starts going, through male puberty, 12, 13, 14, there are people transitioning, you know, pretty early in their teen years, but that's not always the case. We have a MMA fighter, Fallon Fox, who transitioned into female after 32 years of being a man, 
and then fractured their female opponent's skull. That, that estrogen supplement will not undo the heights that males gain during puberty, uh, the bone structure, the bone density, even things like lung capacity, which you wouldn't really think about, but that's a clear advantage um, in sports, especially where conditioning and endurance is involved. So many things are not affected by estrogen. I mean, I hate to say it, but being a girl is a little bit more, you know, than growing a little breast tissue. That's, that's really not... Um, we can't really be reduced to that. There are different strengths and different abilities that the sexes have, you know, that should be celebrated. Um, I think that we should make a clear difference between them. Wow. That, that is incredibly well said. You, you are as well, you know, uh, uh, spoken on these very, very delicate issues that people twice your age, uh, could not speak on. You're, you're, you're about as good at this as you are at wrestling. I'm amazed. Do you have any, Thank any you. plans in your future beyond after your college wrestling career is over when it's allowed to start? <laughs> like you said, because of COVID. Right. Once all that's over, what are you going to do with your career? Well, I'm a volunteer coach now. I'm based uh, pretty close to Washington, D.C., so I coach a lot of kids um, in Southeast D.C. who really wouldn't have the opportunity to wrestle otherwise. Um, I'm also very politically active. I, I run a YouTube channel and a Twitter page where, you know, I do weekly live streams and talk about these issues and talk about mostly conservative and libertarian politics, but really, you know, anything that crosses my feet. So I do kind of want to take wrestling and take politics and find some type of way where I can continue both together. Well, you know what? I uh, I think you've got a future in radio or television or podcasting or something because you're you're incredibly intelligent and articulate, and I love your viewpoints. Last thing for you, since you did, and again, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you identified yourself as being a black female, not that you're identifying as you are a black female, but since you said <laughs> right. it, since you said it out loud, is what I mean to say. Um, and you were a Trump voter. Uh, how did that work for you, given the fact that Trump supporters are called racists and white supremacists and so on and so forth? Uh, you know, Candace Owens is perhaps one of the most well-known African-American female Trump supporters, and we saw how she, we see how she is savaged by the left. Do you uh, face a lot of that from the racial standpoint? Um, I got death threats from people, but I really don't care. Um, the people I know in real life, I lost some friends, I gained some friends, but... I just feel like if you're not going to be my friend over who I voted for, who half the country voted for, then you were never my friend in the first place. Like I said before, I don't care about being canceled. Um, I'm used to the backlash at this point um, just because I'm, I am young, I'm black, I'm female. I already had recognition, um, you know, from wrestling and a few other political, you know, videos I put out when I said this. And so I was just already used to receiving hateful comments, receiving hateful messages. So it really, it really wasn't anything to me. And then I get invited to a lot of these, you know, Republican and conservative and libertarian um, conferences and speeches and meetings, and they're all nice to me. I have, I don't face any racism when I go to, like, Trump rallies and stuff. Trump invited me to the White House two times, once in Black History Month. I got to meet them. It was great. I'm past our time here for this interview, but I'm going to squeeze in one more question. Are mom and dad political, and did they raise you conservative, or did you kind of develop your own viewpoints uh, as you grew up? You know, my family's kind of a mixed bag, but I feel like without a lot of politics interjecting into it, I was raised kind of conservatively. I was raised shooting guns, hunting, fishing, martial arts, just very um, centered around self-protection, self-reliance, you know, doing for self. And I feel like that translated into me being, you know, very pro-gun, very pro-First Amendment, 
I'm very pro-capitalism today. I just feel like it really molded me into my political views today. Well, your family did a phenomenal job. You're an amazing young woman. I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad you are getting more and more exposure. And uh, I think uh, Americans would be well served to listen to people like you, young people like you with a viewpoint that you're not afraid to share. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. All right, that's Olivia Rondo again. She is a college wrestler at East Stroudsburg State in uh, Pennsylvania, and she has got a story to tell. And I have a feeling she's going to be telling it for years and years to come. 1024, back after this. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Now 1035. 25 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you. Thanks for joining us. I want to get right to phone calls, as promised, Uh, kind of make this a free-for-all segment. I started out with some bad news today, then gave you a bunch of good news stories in the first half hour, then a couple of great interviews with uh, Jim Jordan and with um, Olivia Olivia Rondeau, who is a wrestler at uh, East Stroudsburg University in, uh, in Pennsylvania. And I did not expect that. I just thought she would come on and kind of talk about why she doesn't want to have to wrestle males and be done with it. She had so much more to bring to the table. And I just think that's incredibly exciting. It's just so exciting for the conservative movement, for a belief in the future, for a belief that this country can be saved. It's going to take leaders. And I heard a leader speaking to me just a few moments ago. I heard a leader and somebody that is going to be formidable uh, in the uh, arena of, of, uh, of public ideas. All right, 216 Matthew is in Medina. Matthew, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. God bless you and your family and Thank everybody you, sir, at you. the station. Uh, what I had to say, I listened to, and that young lady, that wrestler, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I was eating breakfast. I quit and came out in the living room so I could hear it better. <laughs> she was, she, like you said, she'll be a leader. God bless her and her family. But uh, the one thing that that uh, that really grabs me, uh, I'm, next week, on the 6th of May, I'm going to, God willing, I'll celebrate my 94th birthday. And what I've got to say about these, they call them XYZ, what the hell ever they call them, <laughs> these lunatics, these are tutti-frutti's. Oh, I think I'm a woman today. Tomorrow I'll be a man. Well, Matthew, if I may, if I if I may, um, you know, I understand your point of view, uh, and I share it. I don't think we should probably engage in the you know the name calling or the you know some would call that a slur to use a phrase like that. Um, but to me, you know, it's it's really about people, and when we're talking particularly about the transgender individuals who are part of that alphabet soup that you started to list there. Um, when it comes to these people, I think they deserve our sympathy and our empathy, not our scorn, because I think these people have serious psychological conditions. In fact, I don't think it. I know it, because their biology is their biology. It can't be wrong. Their biology is what it is, anatomically, physiologically, chromosomally. They are what they are. If their mind looks down at their body and says, this isn't right, then it's a problem with their mind, not with their body, and their mind needs to be well, treated. So I can say this. I, 
I, that, I just feel like that, we need to show some empathy more than more than scorn, and and well, most I importantly, don't, don't let them don't let them take advantage, or don't let politicians use them to take advantage of females like Olivia and 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 ruin their experiences based upon these things. I'll give you the last thought. Go ahead, sir. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they're taking advantage of us, and we're sitting here doing nothing about it. Bob, mm-hmm. I went through the Great Depression. And I'm a World War II veteran, I know and I never heard of anything like this. I never, no. in my born days, in all my years, heard of people, oh, I think I'm a man, I'm a woman today, or something like that crap. That does, I don't buy that at all. Uh, you can think what you want, but... Well, I'm you've got a little, that. yeah, you've got a little over 40 years on me, and I also have never heard of that until this generation or this age, you know, where this is, is becoming trendy and popular and almost a, a political statement to say, I'm not what I was born as. This is what I feel, especially, Matthew, when you talk about people who go day to day and say, I'm neither one. I'm not male nor female. I'm non-binary. I'm a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And depending on the day, what I feel more like, that's what I'll go with. That, that kind of, believe me, I never saw, I thought I would see the day either, and I'm 40 years younger than you are. So, uh, believe me when I tell you, this is, this is new to everybody. Well, I'm telling you, that, but anyhow, thanks for your time, Bob. Yes, sir. God, God bless, bless you. you and the family and everybody. And, uh, God bless America. We gotta, we gotta stop some, we gotta stop this crap, right? Pretty soon. We uh, can't we need, wait any longer. When, we need, when we I need, heard uh, you say, uh, something about some people that came here from another country, they said to you that I don't know if they said it to you, but they said we can't allow this to happen here because that's why they came to the United States. They were in that a is, communist country. That is exactly what they say, and that is exactly what I pointed out in the first hour because I listened to them. Uh, Matthew, God bless you. Thank you for your service, of course, as well as part of that greatest generation as a World War II veteran. What we need, honestly, is another greatest generation. Now, I don't see it at this point in time because of what. Our adult generations, our, you know, I'm a Gen Xer, uh, you know, those in the senior community are, are kind of boomers. Um, and then there's the millennials behind us, uh, and then there's Gen Z. I, I, I think because of what we are watching and seeing and letting happen, I don't know that the next greatest generation exists yet. I think we're ruining the current younger generations. I think it's a it's a, it's a devastating thing we're doing to them with through critical race theory and through all of the divisiveness and everything that we talk about on a regular basis that plague this country. But what we need eventually is to raise a generation that is the next greatest generation, like that World War II generation, um, to really kind of get this thing back on track. And uh, I understand what Matthew is saying. I really do. And as I said before. Uh, it's become trendy. It's become popular. It's not even really a psychological condition for some of these kids. Some of these kids think it's cool to put on their hash or their bio rather hashtag bisexual or hashtag uh, LGBTQ or hashtag trans or non-binary pronouns he and him or they and them or z and zay and they just think it's trendy and and part of the in thing to do right now and that's a shame. Because it's hard to differentiate between them and people who actually have psychological conditions like gender dysphoria that need treated and not encouraged. But we can't solve it all now. Uh, Vince, in Westlake, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my call, as always. I appreciate it. Um, just had listened to your interview with Olivia Rondeau. Uh, actually, Google her while you were 
doing the interview. And she had a Trump T-shirt on. Uh, I liked the way she had her mindset as far as her conservative ideas and standing up for what this country believes in. And I wanted to you know, dovetail that with the young lady that you finished up with yesterday on yesterday's show, uh, Tanya. You remember Tanya, right? Oh, yeah, Tanya from Akron. Um, She's a regular caller. She's great. Right. Yeah, she, phenomenal. And this is, you know, you talk about the next generation, the greatest. This, this, these are the people we need. These are the people that we should be looking to, talking to, encouraging to be more involved. And, you know, certainly sounds like Tanya is, certainly sounds like Olivia is. But if we're going to, if we're going to stop this, you know, with the, with the critical race theories and the, you know, all cops are racist and, you know, on and on and on, you know the story. I'm not going to repeat it all. Sure, sure. These, these are the folks that we need to have engaged. Uh, and, and we need to get them. We need to appeal to them. Um, our kids, their kids, uh, their peers that they hang out with to show them what this country is about and why all these false narratives that are being foisted on us right now are just going to demolish this country if we all don't wake up. Well, you're, you're right. There are there are some people that give us gives us uh, give us you know some semblance of hope. Um, you mentioned you know Tanya, and of course I mentioned when I talked to Olivia, people like Candace Owen. She's 31 years old. She's 31 years right. old, and she is an extraordinarily popular, known worldwide, really by millions of people for her strong conservatism and her activism as a black woman. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it, it takes courage to do that, as it does for Olivia. It takes courage to do that. So when you see them rising up, speaking out, uh, and, and they don't have to be women and they don't have to be black, but particularly if you have a couple of those check marks on the old uh, demographic box there like them, they come out and speak out like that. It carries more weight with the rest of America, and uh, and it, it will take their leadership. I agree with you. You got it. All right. Thank you, Vince. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate the call. i got to tell you, um, I'm a little bit embarrassed um, that I didn't prep for this interview better. Here's why I scheduled Olivia Rondeau. Headline, in quotation marks, men don't belong in my sport. Female wrestler calls out um, uh, trans uh, calls out Biden's trans athlete agenda. That's all it took for me. I said, okay, i got to get this girl on. And I asked Marcy, our, our, our scheduler, to try to reach out, and she, she did. She found her and talked to her and, and invited her on. That was enough for me. I got a strong, brave woman female athlete rather um who i guess i can call her woman now she's in college i was going to say kid when she was in in high school so we'll call her woman so this strong brave woman athlete calling out the lgbtq community and the trans community saying keep these biological males out of my sport that was enough for me to say let's talk to her then to come to find out she is politically active in fact i just read during the break that she is a political science major at east stroudsburg in pennsylvania so she is all over this and uh she is going to be much much bigger as i think a rising political activist uh and maybe more than she even is as a wrestler which is an extraordinarily accomplished wrestler and you know what else i loved about her is she just admitted she said look i've never won a men's tournament or a boys tournament when she was in high school. She won six, uh, or she was a six time All American with her, uh, competition in the female categories. Uh, she dominated them, three time state champion and all the rest, but she said she couldn't do that against boys. She started out wrestling against boys because she had to because there was no girls team and she did okay. She won some, she lost some, but she said she couldn't dominate against males. And now, of course, as you get older, bigger and stronger males at the college level, there's no way any female wrestler would be able to compete with them, no matter whether they're big and strong like Olivia or not. And she knows it. 
And that's why she said it's not right to mostly other women and, and, and girls who are not as physically, uh, you know, superior as she is. You know, most girls, she said she was one of the top five wrestlers in America as a, as a female wrestler. Most aren't. You can't judge the fairness of uh, a policy toward athletes based on the success of those at the highest peak. Because then the rest of the rank-and-file athletes suffer by that comparison. Let's go to Kate next. Kate in Rootstown, you are on AM 1420 The Answer. Good morning. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to mention, uh, as, as you are, how uh, amazing Olivia was that you just spoke with. Um, very impressive. But also that here in Ohio, actually today, um, Representative Jenna Powell is taking uh, the Save Women Sports Act, which is HB 61. Um, it is uh, going in for sponsor testimony today in the House Primary and Secondary Education Committee. So um, I just encourage you and your listeners to um, maybe reach out to Jenna Powell, follow House Bill 61, um, I know I um, have a daughter who is in sports myself, and I'm looking to um, go down there and provide testimony uh, when the day comes when we can go do that to uh, fight for our, our, our daughter's, um, you know, fairness in, in these athletics. I don't have a ton of experience with House Bill 61. I did hear what you just mm-hmm. described it as. Can you be more specific as to what it will do? Um, so... Basically, it will just um, prevent... Is it just a ban? Uh, is, it, is it a ban on biological males competing yeah. against... Trans, bi- okay. Yeah, biological so, so the same thing we have seen in other sports. states then. Okay, so yeah. we've seen that in other so, states, so this is what it would do. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's pr- protecting our young female athletes' rights and, and banning males from the sport. Okay, so. good. I, I wasn't sure if it was anything deeper than that, it's, but that's as deep as it, as it needs to be. Keep boys and yeah. boys' sports biologically. You yeah. know, as... as um, as Olivia just said, and in her video that she put and that the Daily Caller put out there as well, you know, she said, look, you know, the estrogen uh, idea that, you know, males taking estrogen is going to decrease their t- testosterone and make them just like girls in terms of their physical uh, abilities is just garbage because lung yeah, capacity exactly. can't be changed by that. Bone density yeah. can't be changed by that. Muscle yeah. density can't be changed by that. The size of the male's heart, you know, their ligaments, right. all, all, all sorts of things. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so they just, just have to be um, kept out in order for girls fighting. to be defended or to, for girls to have a fair spot. So I'm glad to know that Jenna Powell, I know that uh, there's a couple of other members of the Ohio House that were working on this. I did not know that there was a big uh, uh, push going on right now for it, but I agree with you. If anybody can, reach out to State Representative Jenna Powell and offer support and, yeah. uh, and, and, and get as many of your own representatives, even if she's not your representative, to join her in this push. Right. I believe her email is rep80. Um, at ohio.gov. So um, reach out to her. And I know she's looking for other testimony provided by um, Ohio citizens to help support, you know, this bill. So well, you know what? Since since you and I have been speaking, I went ahead and po- uh, popped up her uh, her Facebook page, and t- literally two mm-hmm. minutes ago, since you and I have been on the on the phone call, she posted, or somebody on her, her team update, posted. Yep, yeah, Powell yep. testifies on the Save Women's Sports Act. So uh, it's a short post. I'll read it on the other side of our uh, our time out here, so that people know exactly where we are. And thank, and it also has her phone number there as well as the email address you just mentioned. So I'll I'll definitely Good. share that as well. Thank you, Kate. All right. 
Great call, great call in defense of Ohio girls uh, and and young women uh, and their ability to compete against themselves rather than being forced to compete against males in what is clearly a blatantly unfair act. Uh, I'll share that coming up right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 10.53 now. <clears throat> Excuse me, 10.54. Just flipped over. Time for a couple of more phone calls before the uh, top of the hour and the end of the broadcast today. Uh, let's go out to Middleburg Heights next, and that's where Dan is. Dan, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Good morning. Uh, may I make a couple comments on uh, masks and vaccines? Please. Okay. <clears throat> I like Governor DeSantis down in Florida, you know, and what they're doing and everything. However, I think... Overall, in this country, I think they're going to start playing games with masks and vaccines because I have relatives and friends who have been to Florida. I haven't, but they have. And it's not all open, despite what DeSantis and these people say down in Florida. You can't go into a drugstore, an amusement park, or, or even various restaurants and businesses. They're still telling you to wear a mask. or You can't get past that front door. And... I believe Well, to be think- clear though, if I may, you know, you can't you can't put that on Ron DeSantis because what what Ron DeSantis is saying that the government is not mandating you right. do this. If yes. the business says it's not up to the government, it's up to us. I'm a business owner and this is how I want to take care of my business. You have to wear them. Then you have the choice of course of saying, "Well, I'm going to go find a business that isn't like that. I'm going to go somewhere else I, and shop." So that's I agree that's with not you. government. I agree with you, but the <clears> point is you have the government will will uh I know he's a good guy, but uh DeWine and these people are gonna dance around this because I know like Cedar Point's considering they haven't done this, but I've heard that they're gonna say, Well if you have a vaccine then you don't have to wear masks in our park, okay? And I believe if you get two thirds of the people getting vaccines, then th- that allows government and businesses to say, Okay, it's like having a uh, you know your papers, okay? And then but that- here, but yeah, but I was. I'm glad you said papers because you know here's the thing, Dan. Uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time. How on earth do they think they're going to police this? For example, at a Cedar Point, uh, if you have a vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. What are they going to do to check to see if you have a vaccine? Are they going to demand you show something on your phone, which, by the way, doesn't exist yet? Are they going to say, show me your card that shows you got your vaccination? Uh, because they can't do that. So all, all, all people are going to have to do if they don't want to wear the masks anymore, which none of us do, is go in there and say, yeah, I'm good. I've been vaccinated. Uh, uh, well, can you prove it to me? No. Uh, can you tell me what the results of your last uh, physical were? What's your cholesterol? Well, uh, what's your blood pressure like? You're you don't right. get to ask me my medical conditions. I don't get to ask you yours. If I tell you I'm safe, I'm safe and leave me alone. That's why the people that you're with, the, you need to marry some kind of a law through the state legislatures that that marries both business and government. Well, that that's you have what a House Bill 248 does. Yeah. That's what House Bill 248 you does. You need to have a choice. I don't care if yes. you wear a mask. You can put a bag over your head. But. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you, and, and I can't say it strongly enough. I had Jennifer Gross on, House Representative Jennifer Gross last right. week, <clears throat> who sponsored... 
And I think she's only got like 12 sponsors. She should have like 50 sponsors for this that says not only can the state not mandate wearing of masks that, or excuse me, not masking, we're talking about vaccinations, that the state cannot uh, uh, mandate a vaccination and that private businesses cannot mandate vaccinations or proof of vaccinations either. Bill 248 does that. And if I had anything that I could say more important than this, I would say it, but I can't, I don't, so I can't, and I'll say it. This is the most important thing right yeah. now that you can do in this state is get your representative and your state right. senator to commit to voting to pass House Bill 248, which alleviates all of that nonsense for all of us. That's the power that the founders had, that the states can take control and, and protect your rights exactly and bypass right. all these federal government people. That is exactly correct. Thank you, That's my all friend. I have to say. You got it. Appreciate the phone call. You made, you made some great points. I defended the DeSantis part of that, like I said. You know, Florida can say they're open, but they're not because of the, the, you know, the, you know, the amusement parks. Disney World can set their policy. The drugstores and the restaurants can set their policies, too. That's not... That doesn't mean Ron DeSantis was wrong when he said Florida is open. It means that Florida is not requiring this restriction on people, that restriction on distancing, that restriction on masking, that restriction on vaccinations. You can come down here and be free. However, yes... Um, our private businesses can make up their own minds. I hope and would expect that Florida is going to do the same thing uh, that House Bill 248 would do here in Ohio if we are fortunate enough to have it pass. Um, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I, I tell you all the time just to contact your representatives and contact your state senators to do this sort of thing. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to make it easier for you as well. Coming up next month. And our next monthly Citizens for Free Speech webinar that I uh, that I host, um, it's going to be on May nineteenth. Stephanie Stock is going to be our guest presenter. She is the founder of Ohio Advocates for Medical Freedom. She and they are among the leading drivers of House Bill two forty eight. We will talk about how to make the most impact we can on our representatives and senators to get that thing through, so that we can protect our liberties. That's it for the day. Thank you for being a part of it. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.